The Bradford Exchange presents The Classic Radio Theater with your host, Carl Amari. Countdown for blastoff. X minus one. Yes, it's Maxwell House Coffee Time, starring George Burns and Gracie Allen. Richard Diamond, private detective. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Suspense. It's time once again for another comedy episode of Our Miss Brooks. Dragnet. We offer you escape. Kraft presents the Great Gildersleeve. Yeah. I'm that man. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. Good evening, friends of the Inner Sanctum. The Jack Benny Program. Welcome, everyone, to episode 74 of the Classic Radio Theater. Each week, the Bradford Exchange and participating sponsors bring you three hours of the Classic Radio Theater, featuring programming from the golden age of radio. This time, we'll hear two half-hour Western episodes of Frontier Gentlemen, starring John Daner. We'll begin after this short break. Frontier Gentlemen was a Radio Western series aimed at adults that aired on CBS Radio for one season in 1958. It starred radio veteran John Daner as J.B. Kendall, reporter for the London Times newspaper. The series followed the adventures of Kendall, an English journalist, as he roamed the western United States in search of stories for his newspaper. In order to survive in these turbulent times, Kendall became as proficient with a gun as he was with a pen. The announcer opened each show, here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual accounts. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. Created, written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis, Kendall often crossed paths with well-known historical figures such as Jesse James, Calamity Jane, and Wild Bill Hickok. Music was by Wilbur Hatch and Jerry Goldsmith, and the casts included Harry Bartell, Lawrence Dobkin, Virginia Gregg, Joseph Kearns, Jack Moyles, and Vic Perrin. Time now for the first of two Western episodes of Frontier Gentlemen. In this first one, J.B. Kendall meets Wild Bill Bascombe and becomes J.B. Kendall's surgeon. Here's the Honky Tonkers, starring John Daner on Frontier Gentlemen from February 16, 1958. There are places west of the Missouri where gambling stakes are rather high. This is particularly true when the wager depends on a man's life. Frontier Gentlemen. with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman.
I had stayed in Montana Territory hoping for an interview with Sitting Bull or even Crazy Horse. But General Crook's attack across the Tongue River put an end to that hope, at least for the time being. And so, with a full-fledged Indian war exploding around me, I had no choice but to remain where I was. The settlement with a normal population of perhaps a hundred had swollen to four times that number. The saloon keeper, gambler and others were doing a thriving business. And the, the most popular spot in town was undoubtedly a place bearing the rather, oh, sanguinary legend, Jug of Blood. It was what is known as a honky-tonk. I was passing outside when the trouble began. The doors flew open and half a dozen brawling men erupted in the street. In sheer self-defense, I became a combatant. Who shot you? Who are you, son of a gun? My dear fellow, I haven't the slightest idea. You could buy that. Jolly good. Oh, it's just some no good son of a gun was cheating at poker. And no good son of a gun. Really? Yeah. One of those? Uh, how should I know I wasn't playing? I just heard it all. No, if there's anything I hate it, uh, no good cheating son of a gun. Yes, bad form. I don't blame you. Hey, well, what's your now, if you'll pardon me. Hey, come on in and have a drink. No, I don't think so. Thank you. Oh, come on. There's mighty pretty little gals in there. Yeah. You know, Jake Hunter hired them all the way out from back east. They was on their way up to Virginia City. There's Sue Ruckus was holding them old. I'm sorry to hear it, but now, really, I must be going. Oh, mister, you ain't seen such dancing, such carrying on... I'll be a son of a gun if I let you move on without seeing the nicest bit of female woman of flesh this side of St. Louis. Son of a gun, come on, let's go. You won't be sorry. There's a table over there. Right. Well, it's kind of early. It's still a little quiet. She'll warm up by and by. Hey, her name is Smith, Walleye Smith. J.B. Kendall, Mrs. Howdy. Smith. Howdy. Hey, what are you drinking? Oh, I'll take a beer if you don't mind. Oh, don't make no never mind to me. Jake? Yeah? A beer from a pound of whiskey for me. Tell Andy to bring him over. Okay. J.B. Kendall, huh? J.B. Hey, you ain't a kin in Arizona, Kendall's down at Tombstone? No. What's your business, mister? I'm inside from fighting. I'm a newspaper correspondent. Oh. Hmm. Well, I'm a cowpuncher myself. Got paid off last week. This here is a good place to spend your money. <laughs> hey, how you like that there picture over the bar? Ain't she something? Well, there's quite a bit of her, isn't there? What'd you say? I say there's quite a bit of her, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. A little out of proportion here and there. Ample. Well, son of a gun, I like you, Kendall. <laughs> I like you. Son of a gun. Hey, what paper are you write for? London Times. Well, son of a gun. Hey, Annie. How are you, Mr. Smith? 
Hey, sweetheart, this here is J.B. Kendall. Hi. He writes for a newspaper, London Times. He's an important man. Now, you go call Crystal. The drinks are on me. Sure, Mrs. Manson. Hi, Crystal. <laughs> yeah, me, I go for the nice fat ones. There's something you can grab a hold on. Never did like dancing with them skin and bone gals. I gather Annie is your choice, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's some looker up. Oh, no doubt of it, Mr. Smith. Of course, now, there ain't nothing wrong with Crystal. She's the one close herding with that son of a gun, Bill Baskin. Oh, yes. See? I paid five dollars. Uh, I don't think he's taking kindly to your friend Annie's suggestion. Uh, he's a raunchy buzzard, ain't he? He's drunker than all. Um, I say, uh, look here, old boy. We don't want to cause any more trouble. You and your young lady have a nice evening. I'll be running along. Oh, sit down. Huh? I owe you for that fight. I always pay my debts. Well, here they come. Ladies, meet J.B. Kent. Uh, this here is Crystal, J.B. Crystal, how do you do? Go on, sit in his life, sweetheart. The poor uh, fellow ain't feeling his oats yet. Well, well, no, I, I'm, I'm sure Miss Crystal will be much more comfortable in a chair. Come here, Randy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, would you, um, care for a drink? No, thanks. Oh. Uh, the, the, the gentleman you were dancing with, uh, he seems rather upset. Oh. Are you sure I can't get you something? What's the matter? You don't like me? Ain't I good enough to sit in your lap? Hmm, not at all. I, I'd be delighted, but... Uh, but I'm Wild Bill Bascom, and ain't no man nor dog would take my gal away from me. You riding hurt on Crystal I'm Bell. riding hurt on no one. But I paid good hard cash, and I'm going to have my dance out. You go rattle hocks out of here. And I say goose hockey to you, all I. Gentlemen, I think the language is getting a trifle ripe. After all, there are ladies present. Well, who are you, you son of a gun? The name is Kendall. Well, goose hockey to you, You Kendall. have your ride, mister. I ain't dancing no more with you. We like to stop my feet off, Mr. Kendall. I rather, think, I rather think it's up to the lady. Don't you, chum? Lady? She ain't no lady. Bill. Son of a gun. Bill, I'm right. giving you one second to rattle hocks out, and then I'm going to blow your ears off. No, 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 no. Oh, no need of that, are. Mr. Smith. You'll go along quietly, won't you, Mr. Bascom? Oh, you think you're a pretty big son of a gun, don't you? Well, you don't stampede me, mister. Now, come on, girl. Oh, Not at all polite. You're breaking my heart. Then, then be a good chap, and as Mr. Smith puts it, go rattle your heart. Ain't no son of a gun telling me what to do. I'm Wild Bill Bascom. Get out of here! Gone. You killed me. What's he mean you killed him? He shot himself. You didn't even draw on him. Now, I don't allow no gun shooting in here. Uh, Jake, it's Bill Bascom. He aimed to salivate Mr. Kendall here and he killed himself instead. Oh, this silly son of a gun. 
Now, you boys, you get him up out of there. That, that rug cost me $300. Will somebody get a doctor? He's not dead. Yeah, I bet he is. How much you bet, mister? He ain't dead. I seen him move. Look. Why don't you shut your mouth? I'll get him off my rug. Take him in back. You can put him on the faro table. Give me a hand. Yeah, sure. Somebody yeah. find a doctor, please. Ain't no doctor except an army surgeon. He's getting himself scalped oh, by the shoe. Yeah. Well, that's true. Ain't no doctor around here. Yeah. I never knew he was as heavy. Carefully. Boys, break up the game, boys. There's a goner here. Needs a table. Come on, fellas. I tell you, all right, all right, boys. Put him down. I'm dying, boy. Give me a drink. I'll get it. Put him down, I said. Put him down. Right, he's there. Oh. My old Martin. See me now. Annie, see if you can find some bandages. Clean rag, hot water. Sure. And don't you fret, Bill. Right. You're going to be just fine. Well, i got to get back to the bar. Anything you boys need, you let me know. Whiskey's on the house, Baskin. You're a good man, Jay. I'll put in a word for you when I get where I'm going. Yeah, well, you do that. So long. All right, now. Let's get that jacket off, Baskin. Oh. Mister, mister you're treating me like I, I don't deserve it. Don't talk now. Smith, get the other arm. Oh, sure. Hey. No, I know. Now, wait a minute. Now, look, I, I ain't kidding you. These are my dying words. I... <coughs> I tried to kill you. In my drink, I, I, I tried to, and it's heavy on my conscience. Well, I sure wish I had me a preacher to make my peace with. Bill, will you shut your I'll... son of a gun mouth and let us get this here no. jacket off of yeah. you? I ain't... Careful now. Uh, there we are. Now I have to tear the shirt. No. No, boy. This here's my, my bare shirt. I, I want to be buried in it. Here's your whiskey, Bill. Let me chop his head up. Crystal, you angel of mercy. That, that's what you are, Crystal. You. Crystal girl, I'm asking your forgiveness, sweetheart. I acted purely like a broom tail with you. Forget it, Bill. Finish your drink. Does look mean, don't it, Mr. Smith? Smith, Smith come over here. Mm -hmm. Just hold it still. I reckon he ain't got long. You know, if he don't bleed to death, it's gangrene for sure. Now, we can stop the bleeding, I think. But we've got to get that bullet out. Oh, ain't nobody around here crazy enough to try that. Ain't no sense carving up the poor son of a gun. Let him die comfortable. Like he doesn't he have is. to die. There might be a chance. Will you help? Help what? Operate on him. You're loco. There's nothing to lose. How about another drink, boy? I'm going fast. All right, Mr. Give him all he wants, Crystal. Keep pouring it into him. You think it's fitting for a man to die drunk? I think it's fitting for a man not to feel any more pain than he has to. What you doing with that knife? I told you I'm going to take that bullet out of him. If you want to help me, good. If not, you'll oblige me by rattling your hocks out of here. In a moment, we return to Frontier Gentlemen. Poor Jack Benny. The gang arranges a surprise party for him on his birthday. But the surprise backfires in a hilarious way today on CBS Radio's Jack Benny program. Never mind the greeting cards. Forget about buying him a present. 
Just be sure to join us on most of these same stations later on today when everybody has a good time at Jack Benny's birthday party, except Jack himself. And now we return you to Anthony Ellis' production of Frontier Gentlemen. There are some men who possess a rather odd sentimentality about pain and death. They don't hesitate to empty a gun into a living body. With clear and shining conscience, they do this deed. But for those same men to retrieve a life, to cut into flesh to do so, that is a different matter. Walleye Smith was of this type. The thought of operating on Bill Bascom offended his sense of delicacy. Oh, you ain't no doc. You can't do that. I can bloody well try. Bandages, so I tore a sheet off. And here's your water. Good girl. Put it down on the table. Now, which one of you ladies will help? I will. Oh, sure. Me too. All right. We'll try to stop the bleeding first. How do you feel, Bill? I'm dying, partner. How about another drink? Annie. Sure. Crystal, take some sheeting. Press it over the wound. Keep holding it there. Son of a gun, Kendall, I say you can't do it. My dear fellow, will you step over here for a moment? Now, now, Smith, look here. The fact that Bascom might die is partially my fault. How come? He shot himself. Circumstances. Kismet. Well, you ain't no doc. So you said. You'll kill him. If we're lucky, I won't. If a man's luck runs out, that's the end. Don't pay to go again, nature. At a less pressing moment, I should be delighted to enter into a philosophical discussion with you, Smith, but not just now. Now, be a good chap and don't argue. But I ain't arguing, you son of a gun. I'm telling you, you ain't going to cut Bill up. Smith, I took you for something more than a thick-headed clodhopper. I see I was mistaken. Oh, mister, you go on talking like that, there's going to be another dying man in here. Oh, dear. Awfully sorry. Son of a gun! What's the matter with you boys? You stop, you hear? Now, Smith, clear out and stay out. Oh, son of a gun! Now, how's our patient? half the bottle. There's enough rot gotten him to melt that bullet. <laughs> Wishful thinking, my dear. Bill. I'm going to take the bullet out. He'll do. All right, Crystal. Take a handful of rags. And when I tell you, wipe the blood away. What do you want me to do? Hold his hand. Try to keep him still. Oh. Ready? Yes. Here we go. I didn't know how deeply the bullet had penetrated. I could only guess at its approximate direction. I made an incision. Wipe. There you see, son of a gun, carving him up like a piece of buffalo meat. Hey, you can't do that, mister. I'm doing it. Get out. 
A hundred said Bascom makes it. Who said that? Me. You're on. Wipe. He ain't breathing so good. I know. I'm... Will you get out? No, no, not me. I got money on Bill. Anybody else want to make a little bet? Yeah, 50 is still alive in two hours. Odds on that, two get you one. A bet. Wipe. Why don't you go on out? We're trying to save him. You go right on trying, Annie. Anybody else? Well, I'd like maybe... Uh... Kendall, what do you think? Has he got a chance? How the devil should I know? Sure is a mess, ain't he? Hey, poor old Bill, he was a good man. Yeah, sure could top a horse. Jake, 200, he's still alive come 4 o'clock. Uh, it's midnight now. I'll take it. All right, now, Kendall, you son of a gun, you pull him through. You want a chance to win? Oh, sure I do. Get these people out. All right, come on, Jake. No, 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 I'm staying. I got a big investment in that boy. Very well. I'm finished. You stay here. I won't go on. Let him die. I see. Let him die. All right, all right, all right. We'll wait outside. Now, Walleye, you stay. You give us a word every five minutes. Well, sure. I got you, Billy boy. Uh, Rest easy. Easy. Uh, now, now, I can't find it. I can't. Can't find it. Give me a rag, Crystal. Here. Thank you. Mm. Look at the color of him. He's going. Annie, give him whiskey. Quickly. That's better. Uh. Ah. I can feel it. I, I, I can feel it. Yes. It's there. Yes, I've got it. White crystal. Uh. Now, ain't that something? I never did see a piece of lead dug out before. Son of a gun. Hey, everybody, he got it out. And the son of a gun is still alive. We bound up the wound, made him as comfortable as we could. He lost a great deal of blood and was terribly weak. There was nothing to do now but wait. The two girls stayed in a room with me. And there was something very different about them. Both were far from being beautiful. But there was a softness, a quality of loveliness, which made their garish costumes seem completely out of place. Howdy. Uh, How's he coming? Uh, About the same. You know, there's better than 10,000 been bed outside. It's 3.30 now. You, you think he'll live till 4? He might. I got 200 says he got to. Well, and obviously he's got to. <laughs> kind of funny if he does pull through, though, huh? It'll be a miracle. He ain't a bad son of a gun. Sure looks white. Quiet. Almost like a kid, don't he? Uh, anything I can do, Kendall? You say a prayer if you feel like it. I ain't a praying man, but I, I hope he makes it. Uh, not on account of my 200. I just hope he makes it. For you, that's a prayer, Smith. <clears throat> you ought to have a drink. No, no, thank you. Well, 
Uh, I'll go out and, and keep them all quiet. Yes, that's a good idea. Mister. Yes, Crystal. I know a prayer. You think it'd help? I don't know. It might. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Bascom. Bascom. Bill? How do you feel? Bill? Can you hear me, Bascom? I'm dying, boy. Give me a drink. Wild Bill Bascom didn't die. A number of people won money because of it, and a number of others lost. Mr. Smith insisted on dividing his winnings with me. During his presentation speech, he was so overcome that not once did he refer to me as a son of a gun, an omission I was happy to overlook. Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Jack Crucian, Stacey Harris, Virginia Gregg, Eve McVeigh, Barney Phillips, and Charles Seal. Music was composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith. King Cole and Eartha Kitt may not tell all to Mitch Miller tonight, but knowing Mitch as we do, we're sure his talented visitors will feel free to talk about anything and everything of interest. For an informal get-together with some of the brightest names in show business, hear the Mitch Miller Show every Sunday night on most of these same stations. Now stay tuned for the Ford Road Show, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentlemen. John Wall speaking. This is the CBS Radio Network. Frontier Gentlemen with the Honky Tonkers, starring John Daner from February 16, 1958. Also in the cast, Jack Crucian, Stacey Harris, and Virginia Gregg, as heard over CBS. All of the classic radio shows we present on this series are direct from the master recordings. I have more than 100,000 original radio episodes under license from the owners and estates, and we make them available via digital download or on CD through our Classic Radio Club. By joining the Classic Radio Club, you'll receive 10 superior-sounding classic radio shows sent directly to you each month. 
along with detailed liner notes and photos of the stars. You'll receive your first 10 classic radio shows for only $1, and you can cancel at any time. To learn more about the Classic Radio Club, log on to ClassicRadioClub.com. That's ClassicRadioClub.com. I'll have another Western episode of Frontier Gentlemen after this short break. Welcome back to the Classic Radio Theater. I'm your host, Carl Amari. This time, J.B. Kendall meets a young man with a very fast draw who is bound to become a killer unless he can persuade him otherwise. Here's The Wonder Boy on Frontier Gentlemen, starring John Daner from August 17, 1958. There are many claims to the title of fastest gun in the West. I think that in Deadwood, Dakota Territory, I may have met him. Frontier Gentlemen. Here with an Englishman's account of life and death in the West. As a reporter for the London Times, he writes his colorful and unusual stories. But as a man with a gun, he lives and becomes a part of the violent years in the new territories. In just a moment, we will bring you the latest report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Why stand on the sidelines when CBS News features like The World Tonight take you directly to where the big news stories are breaking? Tonight, tomorrow, and every night, hear eyewitness reports from CBS News overseas correspondents and lively features and interviews with the very people making the news as most of these same CBS radio stations present The World Tonight. Now, starring John Daner, this is the story of J.B. Kendall, Frontier Gentleman. remittance, as well as a small check from the London Times, were forwarded to me from Cheyenne. Both reached me at the Mark Hotel in Deadwood, Dakota Territory. I cashed them at the Stebbins and Post Company Bank, and once more solvent, decided to do something about my clothes, which to say the least had seen better days. I was directed to a tailor shop, which I found housed in a dilapidated frame building, almost at the end of the main street. A freshly painted sign read, Eli Jackson, Taylor, Outfitters. I went in and was met by a tall, thin youth of 16, 17. He greeted me with a shy grin, bowed stiffly, and said, Afternoon, sir. Can I be of service? And I thought I'd like to buy a new suit. Yes, sir. We got a mighty fine selection. Oh, were you figuring on a Sunday go to meeting suit or maybe just a cow rigging? Ah, uh, well, I'd like to see what you've done. Well, you step right this way, mister. <laughs> Are you, uh, are you Eli Jackson, the tailor? No, sir. I'm a son, Dick. Pause up the street for a few minutes, but he'll be right back. I guess maybe you want to wait for him? Well, as a matter of fact, I was thinking of having his suit made. Oh, sure. Oh, Pa'll fix you up just fine. He's the best tailor in these parts. 
You you won't take a seat? Wait. It'll only be a couple of minutes for sure. All right. Uh, you live here in Deadwood, mister? I've been here about a week. Well, now ain't that something. Me and my mom and pa, we got in a week back, too. I guess you can see there's some fixing up to do here. Wasn't much of a place when we moved in, but as soon as we get her straightened around, she'll be the finest store in Dakota. We live in the back. Where do you come from? Oklahoma Territory. Pa heard about the gold strikes in the Black Hills. And he says, with all them folks coming into Deadwood, there's a regular gold mine in Taylor. And business weren't much back home, so we cut our suspenders and come up here. Sure is a wild, woolly town, ain't it? <laughs> a fair description. You mind my asking, mister, what kind of shooting iron is that? Hmm? Oh, uh, Colt 44. How you like it? Well, it's a good gun, serviceable. Uh, I never used one of them. I sure admire to shoot one, though. Well... I got me two old Remington 46s Uncle Amos left of me. But sure is a mess of trouble finding cartridges for them. Used to be cap and ball, you know. Oh. Uh, yeah, and then they fixed them up to shoot rimfire. Say, uh, I still got a few rounds left. Uh, would you like to take a couple of shots? Oh, well, I'm not very... I got a target set up in the back, then maybe... Oh, uh, maybe you could give me a turn with yours? <laughs> All right. Ron, Pa, they don't take to my practicing like I do, but I tell them man's got to keep his handy, and ain't that so? And I suppose it rather depends what you're practicing for. Well, I ain't practicing to be no short trigger man, mister. Uh, Mr. Kendall. Mr. Kendall? But like Uncle Amos used to say, if there's going to be a corpse and cartridge occasion, it's best you learn to roll your gun first. <laughs> Either that or stay out of the way of corpse and cartridge occasions. Uh, that ain't always so easy. Uncle Amos, he got himself dry gulched back in Oklahoma. He sure was a peaceable man, too. All right, keep him hanging in here. Ma won't let me keep no guns in my room. You know how women are. Yes, yes, I know. Hmm. Those are pretty hefty guns. Yeah, but they got real smart balance. Action smoothed down just fine, too. Now, target's over there. You want to try her out? Oh, yes, I'd like to. Uh, I, I do my practice from here. I paste it off about 25 feet. Well, from the looks of it, you're quite a shot. Well, I can do better, Mr. Kendall. Right now, I'm working on my draw. It's still a mite slow. Did you put those shots in the bullseye from a draw? Oh, sure. From the hip, or did you take time to aim? Oh, from the hip, but I figure I'm still taking too much time. Oh, no, no, no. They say accuracy is more important than speed. Those are rather old models you're using, you know. Well, I'd sure like to see you try that 44, Yorn. Maybe I could learn something. <laughs> no, not much from me, I'm afraid. I'll have a go. Here, hold your guns. Yes, sir. Ah, now. All right. You say the word, I'll draw. Ready? Now. Hmm. <laughs> Not bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's mighty fine shooting, Mr. Kendall. Thank you. Let me see you try. Oh, no, no, I guess not. Come on. No, no oh, I reckon not. Go on, put on the belt. I'm curious to see how you handle those relics. Yes, sir. I should think they'd be a little heavy for you. Yes, they were at first, but I kind of got used to them. 
course, I can't shoot both at once. Uh, I've never yet seen a man who could with any accuracy. Say, maybe we'd better get back inside. I guess Pa ought to be back by now. In a minute, I want to see how you hit those bullseyes. Yes, sir. Ready? Yes, sir. All right. Now you draw when I say the word. Draw. <laughs> May I see your gun? Yes, sir. How many bullets did you have in there? Five. Is the other gun loaded? Do, 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 you, do you mind doing that again? I guess so. Good Lord. Our road show starring Tennessee Ernie? You ought to. It reflects Ernie's warm personality right down the line. Young Molly B. and Doris Drew alternate as the featured feminine vocalists on the show. Join us on most of these same stations tomorrow for CBS Radio's easygoing road show starring Tennessee Ernie. It's as refreshing as a visit back home. It was the most unbelievable thing I'd ever seen. Twice, in a little more than one second, this boy had drawn, fanned the hammers of his ancient guns, and put five bullets in a six-inch circle from a distance of 25 feet. Now he stood, eyes downcast, obviously uncomfortable. I guess, I guess we'd better see if Pa's back. Dick, why didn't you want to show me how you shoot? Well, I, I figured maybe you'd be mad not buy a suit of clothes from Pa. We sure need the business. I feel like a bit of a fool. I'm certainly not mad. Odd might be the word. Who taught you to draw like that? Uncle Amos. Hmm. He must have been quite handy with a gun himself. Oh, he, he was good. But he said I was better. He'd have his bristles up right now if he'd seen me showing off to you. Uncle Amos always said, never show a man your draw unless you mean it, because someday you might have to throw down with him. Now, you listen to me, young friend. You'll never have to worry about that with me. I have no wish to commit suicide. Dick? Dick, where are you? Dick! Out back, Ma. Come inside, quick. Your pa's been hurt. Huh? What's the matter? Pa? It's all right, Pa. It's all right. Help me get him laid down on the sofa, son. Yeah, let me help. Who are you? He's Mr. Kendall, Pa. Came in for to buy some clothes. Easy now, but put your weight on me. What happened? What happened, Ma? Hush up, Dick. Doctor should be along directly, Eli. Now you rest comfortable. Mm -hmm. Is it still bleeding? Yeah, I guess so. Ma? You've been shot. Miss Jackson, get some clean rags, tear up a shirt. We've got to stop the bleeding. Yes. Pa? Pa? Don't you get to fretting, boy. This looks worse than it is, huh? I ain't gonna die. Dick, help me get his jacket off. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Pa? Pa? He, he's dead, mister. Uh, he, he's fainted. Get some water on to boil. The doctor will need it when he takes off the bullet. You sure, you sure he ain't dead? I tell you, he's fainted. Now do as you're told. Sheeting put away for bandages. That's. Oh. It's all right. He'll come around. He's so white. Loss of blood. Have you got any whiskey? 
No. Eli's not a drinking man. Hmm. You said the doctor's on his way. Yes. Somebody went to call him. There. Uh, hold those against his shoulder. It ought to stop the bleeding. Oh, yes. Uh, no, don't try to move, Mr. Jackson. Lie back, dear. Well, I, I feel some better. I guess I went on for a couple of minutes. I'm truly thankful for your help, mister. It's all right. Afraid you're going to have to wait a bit for your suit, though, unless you're willing to wear ready-mates. Oh, don't worry about that. Just lie quietly. That fella, he had no cause, no cause. Paul. I know, dear. It'll I know. be again the law. Man's got no right. <laughs> How did it happen, Mrs. Jackson? Well, we'd gone to the warehouse to get some bolts of cloth. A couple of drunks come out of Gerber's saloon, start shooting and deviling around. They seen Eli and me coming down the street. I seen one fella a couple of days back. He he come in here to buy a pair of boots. Crowley's his name. I, I didn't have nothing cheap enough, and he didn't have the money. Didn't look like the kind I'd give credit, so he went off without his boots. They was drunk, Eli. He didn't do it purposeful. The bullet must have hit a rock or something and bounced uh, maybe, up. Maybe. Who was the other fella, Pa? Boy, what are you doing with that gun belt on? You know your ma and me's told you never to bring it in the house. Well, how's our back showing, Mr. Kennedy? You never mind what you was doing and showing. You go hang up them guns this minute, you hear? Do as your pa says. Now, you seen what guns can do to your Uncle Amos? Uh, Now, me. Don't excite yourself, Eli. I ain't exciting myself. I ain't gonna have that boy turn into killer. I ain't, pa. No Now, don't you talk back to me, boy. I'll strip the hide off on you. Come back, Eli. Dick, do as your pa tells you. Go on. I know, baby. Did you put the water on the boil? Yeah. Good. Now, why don't you go and see if the doctor's coming? Yeah, yeah, all right. Now you take off them guns and belt. But I... Boy, when I get up, I'm going to thrash your backside, I am for sure. You're just getting too big for your britches. Please, son, can't you see what you're doing to your pa? Do like he says. I'm sorry, but I saw what happened to Uncle Amos. Well, ain't no one going to shoot my pa and get away with it. Boy, you come back here. Dick! Dick! Don't worry, I'll get him. You tell him it was an accident. What, no real shooting? Dick! It was an accident. Dick! Dick! Wait, I want to talk to you. Now slow down, young fellow. Don't hold on to me, Mr. Kendall. I got a thing to do. And I'll use your head. You can't fight two grown men. If I got to, I can. I mean, nobody around here thinks I'm big enough to You're use a gun. You're big enough. Shooting at a target is a little different facing a man. I ain't afeard. I didn't say you were. But you go looking for trouble with a couple of drunks, you're going to get hurt. Mister, I'm 17. I was there last year when my Uncle Amos died. The blood running out of him. They shot him in the back because he was like my pa. He'd put up his guns and weren't going to fight no more. Uncle Amos, he said to me, just before he turned on his side, he said, boy, whenever you see a coward with a gun, you get scared. You get scared enough to go for yours before he gets his out. Pa's always preaching about living peaceable. All right, well, if they won't let you live that way, you got to make them let you. Your father said it was an accident. Did you hear him? Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I heard what he said about that fella Crowley coming to the store for boots and Pa not giving him credit. It's true, I was in the store. That Crowley had it in for Pa. Well, we're gonna live in this town. Folks is gonna have respect for the Jacksons. Pa don't care none. I do. Supposing you do find them, what are you going to do? Just start shooting? I'll give them a chance to draw. Dick, will you listen to me? I ain't listening to nobody, Mr. Kendall. My Pa's been hurt bad. I aim to pay the man out that done it. So don't you go trying to stop me. Who 
says you can't be in and out at the same time? Every Monday through Friday on CBS Radio's House Party, Art Linkletter invites you out right in your own home, office, or car. House Party is just what the name implies. It's loaded with fun and surprises. It's one place you can be sure you'll meet new and exciting people. Remember, CBS Radio's House Party is a standing invitation to a good time. It's yours for the listening five times a week on most of these same stations. I walked up the Deadwood Street with young Dick Jackson, the two old 46s slapping heavily on his thin young legs. I knew that I could have physically stopped him, carried him back to his parents, but I also knew that it would have solved nothing, perhaps only made matters worse. So I did the only thing I could do. I went with him. First to Gerber's saloon, then to half a dozen others, looking for the man named Crowley and his companion. An hour later, we found him in the Deadwood Saloon. That's Crowley. That's the one. Over to the bar. You know what you're doing. I know. You know what it's like to shoot a man to kill him? I guess I'm going to find out, Mr. Kendall. You said you weren't practicing to be a short trigger man. That was a lie. No. Shooting at a target hasn't been enough. You've just been waiting for an excuse. That ain't so. Get out of my way. Dick. <laughs> Boy, now you ain't never seen nothing like it. He shows up in this here dance. Public as a zebra, wearing a fried shirt, a hardball hat, and a smelling of bear grease and lavender flavored soap. <laughs> I tell you, he looked as miserable as a razorback hog that's dropping himself on a fence pole. <laughs> hey, well, look here. Hey, boys. Boy, here, have a look, see. Hey, what you carrying there, son? Buffalo guns. <laughs> <laughs> hey, boy, don't you know packing them great big old heavy things like make you a bow-legged for your time? <laughs> Crowley, if you just shut up my paw hour back, I aim to kill you for it. <laughs> you kidding that there mealy-mouth tailor down the street? Boy, I might have known. Mealy mouth, little son. Mr. Crowley, I'm going to put my gun back now. Next time I unshuck it, you better draw your own self, because I ain't going to be doing no fancy trick shooting a glass out of your hand. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Boy, you sure are fast, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, but you just a kid. Now, I ain't got no quarrel with no kid. You gunned my pa. Oh, no, that, that there was an accident. Uh, me and Loba here, we was just having some fun, and your pa, well, he come waltzing up with the missus, and he kind of got in the way of a bullet is all, and it not nobody's fault. You gonna draw? Loby, you tell a kid, ain't it the truth? Sure it did. Didn't mean no harm. Uh, mister, you with the kid here? Yes. Well, you get him out of here, huh? No, I don't think so. I want to see his face when he kills you. You loco. I'm a newspaper man. It's my job to write about such things. The birth of a killer. 
correct. He can draw and empty his gun before you can even get yours out, Crowley. He knows it, too. That's why he's going to be a very important killer. He might even be as famous as Billy the Kid. Go for your gun, Crowley. He's waiting. He wants the excuse to see you die. If you don't, he'll kill you anyway. No, that ain't so. It ain't so. Now, now, look, mister. Kid, kid. I'm, I'm sorry about your pa, huh? I'm sorry for what I said. (laughs) Ain't no sense getting riled. I I got a few dollars. Help pay for the doctor and all. He doesn't want that. He wants to be able to go home and tell his father and his mother what he's done. Show them what a big man he is. He can shoot a gun. Kill. That'll make him very no, grown No, no, that ain't why. I told you it ain't. Now, here, kid. Now, you, you take this. It's 40 bucks. You get that to your old man. It'll pay for the doctors and such. I got me a little strike a couple days back, you see. You tell him I'll be in and buy the best suit of clothes and custom-aids he's got in the store. You tell him that now, will you? We don't want your money. You stay away from us, you hear? If you don't, I'll be back. Sure, boy, anything you say. Give me the money, Crowley. I'll see his father gets it. Yeah, you do that! Dick, look out! Crowley had pushed me off balance and had gone for his gun. The boy was at the door 20 feet away, his back turned. Crowley fired, and in that same instant, Dick whirled and shot back. He shattered a bottle on the bar. Both had missed. I was only six feet away. My two bullets took away half of Crowley's face. I took the boy back to his father's place. The doctor had removed the piece of lead in Eli Jackson's shoulder, and he was resting more comfortably. Well, I'm glad you found him, Mr. Kendall, before there was any trouble. There was trouble, Mr. Jackson, but it wasn't his fault. He didn't do any shooting. No, he didn't kill anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Dad, I want you to take Uncle Amos' guns. Sell them. I don't want them. No guns. <laughs> Ever. Shucks, boy. I, I couldn't get two bits on them old things. You, you figure you've had enough play out of them. You, you just hang them up. Show them to your grandchildren someday. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Mr. Kendall, will you be in Deadwood for a while? Yes, for a while. Well, now, that, that's just fine. I tell you, you come on back in a couple of days. I, I'll be up and around, and I'd sure like to make you a fine suit of clothes. Thank you. I will. Dick, you show Mr. Kendall out? Yes, ma'am. Mr. Kendall, I'm sorry. It's all right. I might have been killed. You might. You was right about shooting a man being different from a target. I could shoot the glass out of his hand because I knew that didn't mean nothing. But I couldn't kill him. Killing's ugly. You saw what Crowley looked like. I saw. You should have remembered what your uncle told you. Never show a man you're drawn as you mean it. Someday you might have to throw down with him. I'm sorry I didn't remember it. But I won't need to again. I promise you, Mr. Kendall. I'll take your word for it, Dick.
Frontier Gentlemen was written, produced, and directed by Anthony Ellis and stars John Daner as J.B. Kendall. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Eddie Firestone, Stacey Harris, Jack Crucian, and Ben Wright. Join us again next week for another report from the Frontier Gentlemen. Bud Sewell speaking. Frontier Gentleman with The Wonder Boy, starring John Daner from August 17, 1958. Also in the cast, Eddie Firestone, Stacey Harris, and Virginia Gregg, as heard over CBS. Stick around, I'll give you our lineup for episode 75 of the Classic Radio Theater after this short break. Next time on episode 75 of the Classic Radio Theater, brought to you by the Bradford Exchange, we'll hear two true crime episodes of This Is Your FBI, starring Stacey Harris, so don't miss it. To reach me and to learn more about the Classic Radio Club, visit ClassicRadioClub.com. Be sure to tune in to our next show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>